we are in studio with Gareth Abdenor, partner with Melian Co. Solicitors, uh, specialises in employment law. G'day, Gareth. Hello, Gareth. G'day, guys. Good to be back in the studio. I've maligned you. <laughs> I told all our audience you've been all swanning away on holiday for three weeks, but you've actually been working. You've been at a conference presenting to principals on IT safety and security, right? That's right. I wow. sure have. And so it was um, uh, It was very topical, the discussion you were just having before. Yeah. yeah. Um, some some really tricky issues there, and and um, you know if schools are really grappling with this, uh, it is a big issue, isn't it? Because cell phones are so people think they're sort of harmless. This is the, very quickly we've we've got sidetracked, but I went to Otago uh, Museum and took the kids down there a few years ago now, and there's kind of like a retro section, and they oh, had yeah. the old cell phones in there from back in the day, the yeah. bricks, oh, the, yeah, bricks. Yeah, the bricks, the yeah, bricks. Yeah, yeah. I remember I, them well. Yeah, right. So yeah. I remember the bricks, and I was saying to the kids, "Oh, this used to be the old cell phone. Dad had one of these." And they go, "Oh, what games did it play?" And I said, "Oh, didn't didn't play games, <laughs> and didn't play games." And they said, "Oh, so did you surf the net?" I said, "No, Dad, none of that." And they said, "What did it do?" And I said, <laughs> "It was a phone." <laughs> but they had no concept back in the no. day that a phone was just a phone because nowadays they're so powerful. Aren't yeah. they? It's a computer mm. in your pocket mm. and, and social media, you know, it's it is addictive. Mm. Yeah, and Gareth, just very quickly, I'm just guessing that a major problem for school kids and for therefore for the teachers is bullying. Yeah, the main a, thing that the main problem they have, mate. Yeah. And 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 it's not just the kids, uh, it's the teachers, it's the parents, you know, you've got you've got students posting stuff about their teachers you've got teachers posting stuff about students or about parents you've got parents posting stuff about teachers it's it's a minefield it really is yeah so you're a very educated man where does this end then all this where does it end up where do we end up i think we have to take control and uh, there's a real uh, passivity where uh, we we give in to technology just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, these are tools that can make our lives better or make our lives worse. But we actually have to take some responsibility for that and, and control it. Um, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that it's easy, but you can see there's that article in the in the paper today about that school that has has banned cell phones. Um, mm. A lot of schools are doing that, mm. but that's only part of the story. What are we What are we doing in our own households? Are we controlling how much time our children spend on devices, or is it just the easy option where you know um, they're out of our hair and so um, mm. you know they're on the iPad, yeah. they're on the cell phone, giving you a breather? Yeah, try. It is a difficult one, right? Uh, 0800 80 10 80 is our phone number, or you can text your question 9292. Tyler's standing by 0800 80 10 80. If you've got any concerns about your contracts or your place of work, your employment law, now's your opportunity. Every time we think that we've asked you every question that can be Gareth, <laughs> a new one pops up, so uh, I'm not going to get the person said, please don't use my name. But the woman says, my employer has decided he's overpaid my out-of-town expenses as a rep over the last few years legally. Can he deduct an amount he decides from my future pay? Uh, no, he can't. Uh, he can't just decide an amount. Right. Uh, but depending on what provisions there are in the employment agreement, uh, the employer can consult with the employee mm-hmm. and then come to an arrangement if indeed there has been an overpayment. But if I, the employer said, look, I don't fancy this retrospective thing, it was your muck up, what happens there? Well... 
it really depends on each situation. But if, if you flip it the other way, if an employee has been underpaid, mm. yeah. um, they would want to get mm. the balance, wouldn't they? Mm, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, is this because of a genuine mistake? And if so, why why shouldn't the employer be able to fix that situation? Now, I'm not suggesting that they just say, oh, well, I'm not going to pay you for the next month. Um, it, it, they always need to act fairly and reasonably, as we say, every week. Um, that obligation is always there. But why should the employer um, lose out on that? Why should they have to yeah. live with a situation where someone has... Um, unfairly being overpaid. Mm. If I was the employee, Gareth, would it be a fair and reasonable thing for me to say, right, I want some figures on a bit of paper. I want something I can actually look at and study oh, and definitely, consider. Definitely. Right. I mean, you, you you can't just be sucking a finger out of the air. Right, um, yeah. But you would have to go through a process and the employer yeah. would need to justify right. why they believe there's been an overpayment yep. and... Um, actually give the employee an opportunity to respond to that. Yeah. And, you know, I I suppose the, li- the listeners are getting a bit sick of it, but as I always say, you need to have a discussion about it. Right, um, yeah. But... Sometimes the discussions are difficult, though, aren't they? Because if there is a power imbalance there and you don't feel you... You, you know, people are often too afraid to approach their yeah. employer and uh, I, they don't want to cause ructions. I, I, which is what happened with the ports of Auckland just recently. There's a yeah. number of terrible things there and the workers felt they weren't in a place that they, their, their, their opportunity for promotion would be inhibited if they made a complaint. Yes, and, and you do hear people saying that and, and the government has made it part of our law that there's a power imbalance, but I have to say, I think that's overstated. I work with a lot of uh, small, medium enterprise uh, where there's you know, um, a, a couple running a business and they've maybe got one or two employees. Yeah. Uh, and those business owners, are um, they do not have a lot more power than their employees. And often the employees have more, more power than those business owners, you know, the the business owners are not making a lot of profit out of the business, and um, there's some employees that, let's just say, are rather aggressive about their entitlements, um, right. and they take every every bit that they can from the business. And uh, I see these business owners that you know they're trying to do the best they can in a very complicated mm. uh, employment law sphere. Um, mm. It's not quite as black and white as it's often laid out in the media where it's, you know, the the employer taking mm. advantage of the poor employees. Good to get that perspective. One quick question before the break, Gareth. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, my friend started back at her job after maternity leave on Friday, the March the 26th, working one day a week. Is she entitled to be paid for Good Friday? <laughs> Does she only work on Fridays, so I presume? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a good day to start, oh, though. Goodness me. Every, every time we get a question about public holidays, my heart just sinks. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I, I should really look up on that. I mean, it, it's very clear. If you go to the employment.govt uh, website, it will say when you're entitled to be paid for working on a public holiday. If it's your normal day of work, um, it sets out what your entitlements are. Um, and you know, if this person's returned from parental leave, 
then I would have thought that she's entitled to she's it. She's entitled to it. She's a worker. Just good timing for yeah. once. Yeah. yeah. We're with Gareth Adnor, partner with Mally & Co Solicitors. Uh, Duncan, welcome to the show, mate. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, 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 Sorry. Um, and Gareth, yeah, oh, just a question for you. Um, I was off with, with a mental, oh, I had that anxiety attack and didn't know what was happening. I had to go through, uh, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists and different pills to, to, you know, to keep me to come right. But the employer, had, they called me in and says, look, you know, um, we've got to have you back. And this was after three months. Um, and if you can't come back, we've got to find someone else, you know, and that's it. But... What's the difference with someone who has a, a physical injury uh, compared to a mental one that it's going to be off for nine months because of their physical injury, but they get to keep their job? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Phil. And and all I can say, well, I'll start off by saying um, thank you very much for calling in. It's, it's very brave of you, and, and I hope things are going better for you. Um, oh, it is, yeah. yeah. The, there isn't really a difference between... Um, uh, the types of difficulties you had in a physical injury. Uh, what it really comes down to is the type of business and the type of role and the amount of time that the person has been away. And certainly I've seen uh, a number of cases where uh, someone has suffered a physical injury and due to the nature of the role and the nature of the business after a period of time, which, which may be relatively short, uh, it's no longer reasonable for the employer to keep that role open for them. Sure. Um, you know, it's that kind of weaselly lawyer answer where it really does depend on the facts of each situation. And so um, if, if it's a role where it's relatively easy to get in a temporary worker to cover it, uh, then the expectation may be that the employer keeps that role open for much longer. Yeah, fair enough. And... In other um, situations, the role is a critical one for the business, and you know, even being away for a month could create real problems. Uh, so you have to look mm-hmm. at all of those factors, and uh, definitely, I, I, I don't think that people with physical injuries get treated better than those uh, having uh, mental health issues. Um, it really comes general, down to the right. role. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Duncan. Well, they shouldn't be anyway. Yeah. Duncan, I hope that's helpful, mate, and thanks very much for your call. Thank you. Okay, cheers, guys. Thanks, cheers, mate. thanks. 12 minutes away from four. Hi, Angela. Hello. Hi. What's your question, please? I have a teenage daughter who works in a supermarket. Her normal working day is Sunday. They're closed this Sunday, and she's been told if she wants to get paid, she needs to apply for a day's leave. Oh, that's that's um, quite odd. Um it seems quite surprising. I would definitely be uh, looking into that a bit further. Yeah, so. it, it, I mean, as a non-legal person, it just seems weird. I mean, if if the supermarket, if, if we got this right, Angela, the supermarket's closed. It's Easter Sunday, and yep. they're saying that she's got to take it out of her annual leave. Yes, uh, that's that, that's odd. Um, so where I, does Angela I, go I, then? I would think that she would. Uh, be entitled to have a paid day off, not from what? her annual leave, because it's a public holiday yeah. and that would normally be a work day. A work for day her. for her, yeah. yeah. Well, she's willing to work, and um, but they're saying it's not the public holiday, the Monday is. Right. Yeah, yeah once again, pub- public holidays. I, I, I suggest that she raises it again with um, the HR person at 
at that particular supermarket and um, gets them to look into it because certainly on the face of it, it doesn't it doesn't sound kosher to me. Yeah. Thanks so much, Angela. That's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because technically Sunday isn't the, the public holiday. It's the Monday. It's the but Friday about, and the Monday. What about if it's Easter Sunday? I always thought that, that, Easter, yeah. that Easter was four <laughs> days of public holiday. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I, I would have to sit down and, and look at this, and I, I sincerely regret not doing so before the show. Yeah, no, that's, that is tricky. It, it, it depends which day is... Uh, officially the public holiday and if Sunday's not a public holiday but it is clo- but the supermarket is closed mm. right, you've, you've got a hand up Phil go on to government.nz only Good Friday and Easter Monday are public holidays Easter Sunday is not a public holiday and shops can choose to open if their local council lets them yeah. so that's what so, I would have thought so too so the interesting question is why is the supermarket closing if it's not a public holiday a very good question. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> and the other thing there's, if it's her normal work day, as you've said before, and they've decided to close, it's out of her hands. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a, yeah. gee, look at us. A couple of quick, <laughs> a couple of quick texts uh, before we've got to go, because I don't know, we've got overwhelmed here. Gareth, do restraints of trades still operate? I employ someone who drives my rubbish truck. There is a clause that he can't work for another rubbish company within 100 k's from base, but he left to go to someone else. What can I do? Yeah, that, um, that the short answer is yes, restraints of trade um, are still out there and they might be effective, but it really comes down to um, what the job is, uh, how wide the restraint is, how long it is. Um, I, I really wonder about someone working on a dump truck, uh, what the damage is going to be if they go and work for a competitor. Generally, these things are to pre- protect confidential information or business relationships. Intellectual property. Um, that, intellectual yeah. property. Right. Um, so, so I suggest if you're concerned about this, uh, go and see a lawyer and see if the uh, restraint is enforceable. And then um, I expect this person will, will get a letter um, asking for an explanation. Great. Yep, very good. Now, uh, short question, but I, I hope it's not too complex an answer for <laughs> you, Gareth. I apologise. Is a trip from home to the office considered a business trip if, as in my case, says a texter, I'm required to carry tools and parts to work every day, permanently takes up half my boot space, and so <laughs> does my travel allowance include travelling from home to work? My understanding is that inland revenue do not consider travelling from home to work a business trip. Um, that said, I am not a tax expert, mm. uh, yeah. but that is my understanding. Right. Um, and I think whether or not you have tools in the boat is is unlikely to change that. Right, Gareth, you're great as always. It's Thank really you. nice to have you back. All right, it's great Love to be to back. Love to see you again. Gareth yeah. Abdenor from Mallee & Co. Solicitors. Just a reminder, the content of this segment is general in nature. It is not legal advice. Any information discussed is not intended to be a substitute for obtaining specific professional advice and should not be relied upon as such.